You're listening to the Madcast Media Network. Madcastmedia.com. This episode is brought to you by RoastersMarketplace.com. Hey, are you tired of the crappy coffee that you get off of Walmart or Target and you want something new? Go to RoastersMarketplace.com, which is basically like a steam page full of all different kinds of coffee from South America to other places around the world. Check it out and use the code GAMER to get free shipping off of your first order. That's G-A-M-E-R to get free shipping off of your first order. Welcome, everyone, to the Super Arrogant Bros Show. I am your host. <laughs> Get fucked. <laughs> you came in way too early. Yes, right, I did. So that way I could, you know, ruin your experience. Welcome, everyone, to the show known as the Super Arrogant Bros Show. I am your co-host, Papa Stev. With me is the man, the myth, the legend, Papa Dirk. Well, thank you. Papa, huh? Yeah. Well, I tend to go by either Papa or Captain, whichever way you choose. Either or, it doesn't matter because, boy, howdy, do we have things that we need to talk about today? Mm-hmm. I mean, let's see here. First off, we have uh, whatever Microsoft decided to throw out. We have uh, Ninth Edition coming out, and it is riddled with... Lots of good things, and then something really, really bad that you have to pay for. Here's the thing. I'm going to say this right now, because like everybody is already commenting about this uh, as it is in 4chan and in YouTube. Uh, Halo Infinite does not look next-gen. It, it honestly does not. Okay. Well, but it's, it's just... Uh, you think that with a new generation console coming out here, especially with the titan that is playstation already coming out with some pretty fun looking games like sackboy i remember playing that when the playstation uh 3 came out and that was that was kind of a fun like enjoyable thing that i could try out but then mm-hmm. like after a while it was like eh, that hailed me over for the next gen of games yeah. that came out and then i didn't get a ps3 and i was playing over at my cousin's house on that but we got some stuff to go over for this week we have some games to go over we have a topic to go over our main topic and uh you know what buddy uh let's go ahead and start this off right with a certain game that i just had you play on to games of the week games of the week brothers and sisters what do you get when you have a lobster shooting a gun at you how do you defend yourself well you take a claymore or how did you, how did you defeat this this lobster stev i took a claymore and i and i cleaved it in twain the game we are talking about today is something that is known as fight crab fight crab you have probably have seen a good amount of games uh like gameplay of it and boy howdy is it fucking meme-tastic but it is I'm not going to lie. It's pretty fun. I wanted to have you play this game blindly for the very first time. Yeah. But like having you prepared and already knowing what's going on for it did kill a little bit of that fun. Still, though, I, I got to watch you like really get into this. So uh, bear in mind, though, uh, just so people know and are aware of, we did receive a free copy of this game so that we were able to review it for the show. Mm-hmm. And the embargo for the review just lifted. So now we're able to talk about it. It's it. It is really fun. So basically, the premise of the game is that we are the peak evolution of fighting creatures known as the crustaceans and we are fighting in all of these different arenas and boy howdy is it a fucking fight indeed uh i would probably put it what's the game the octopus game that you that you really like for some reason octodad yeah octodad i would kind of pair it with like the arm controls of octodad almost really okay and it's it, it, it it's the arms are slow but then when you start punching people it's pretty it's pretty fucking nice so on its own, you know, just by punching people, 
Like, don't get me wrong, that's really fucking fun. But after a while, you want to say to yourself, man, that lobster that I fought before had a knife. I too wish to shank a bitch. <laughs> and lo and behold, the game told me, then shank thine bitch. <laughs> By giving you a little shop system that says, hey, here's all of these really fucking cool weapons that you fought against. Yeah. Like, wouldn't it be cool to wield Excalibur? I know what it would be. So how do you win a fight? You ba- So basically, the entire fight starts off... It, think of it like Super Smash Brothers when it comes down to like the damage meter down below. You want to... You wanna s- Put down as much damage as humanly possible onto that crustacean so that way you can flip it over one or three, two, one, zero, dead. That is how you win fight crab. Yep. Yep. And Knock it, on its it, back. And it and it's really fun. I mean, like your arms, you have two different things that you have to that you have to worry about. So first off, direction of the arms. If you're punching forward, you're gonna make sure that that arm is actually facing your opponent instead of at its arms or something like that. But if you are near its arms, if you press the uh, if you press the bumpers on top of whatever your controller controller that you prefer, so that would be the PlayStation controller or the Xbox controller. Yep, you're able to basically do a grapple move where not only are you immobilizing that limb, but you're also dealing damage as well, and that will throw off your opponent pretty well. And trust me, it throws you off as well when you start getting grabbed. It is tons of fun to just fucking sit down, play this game, and boy fucking howdy. Were there moments where I just, instead of laughing, I was actually focusing on the game? I don't know if you noticed me like going to, oh, po- yeah. like, going to actual posture, like hyper-engaged mm-hmm. mode. And it's, I know you got a kick out of it hardcore, but though, let me tell you, fighting a crab that hadoukens out of his sword is yeah. no laughing matter. Yeah. <laughs> Oh God! It is. When 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 is this game coming out? It comes out at the end of July. Comes out at the end of July, so that's going to be the thirtieth. Honestly, I say fucking pick it up. Yeah, I'd say pick it up as well. It is and, so and you know fucking what? remarkable. Fuck it. If you get a copy of the game on Steam and you want to play this with with me at least, let me know. Uh, the Steam uh, the Steam name that I have is just uh, arrogant metalhead. Mm-hmm. Um, Stev. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you'll be getting this game too. I'll probably be getting into it, but I of course have way too many games that I need to get uh, like get out on out of my bag so far. Yeah. So this uh this game it it feels like an early access game. Mm-hmm. And I think it is at this point, but uh, I'm not sure either way though. It, it's it's going to feel a little bit sloppy to get used to, but mm-hmm. once you get the hang of it though, I think this game is going to be extremely meme-worthy. Yeah. And I think that as soon as it releases and then 4chan gets a hold of it, I think we're going to have some good times ahead. Oh, we're going to have some good times. Now, would be cool if it if it actually added in mod support. Like I'm not going to lie, I want a power claw. I want a power claw and a laser pistol. That way I can start running around shooting a goddamn laser pistol. And I also want PVP. So that way I can notice fucking Juarez, like, 2007, like, pop out of a corner, like, yippee-ki-yay, motherfucker, ka 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 dual revolvers running at me at full, at full speed. This game has a lot of potential, and I, I really wish it success. Yeah, I want tournaments of this game. <laughs> <laughs> I do, too. <laughs> we go to Anime Iowa, there's one big room for Fight Crab. Oh, fight Crab. Yeah. Fight Crab. All right, so what do you have for games of the week? So I actually have quite a few. So first off, I picked up Pathfinder Kingmaker again. And of yes, course, my I talked, son. Yes, yes, it is glorious. Now, I noticed two different things. First off, the endless dungeon mode that we have, it's so much fun. I don't know how to put it. It is just, if you just like Pathfinder because of the dungeon crawling and leveling up and getting all these powerful weapons to either sell, uh, to either sell or use to, uh, to uh, basically go down the dungeon even further using the extra money that you gain along the way to hire new party members or to use it to basically bolster your already for party uh your party and it's golly mighty it's super fun just to go down to dungeon delving right now my my current party has the uh, bunny girl from uh uh my hero academia and she is she is a monk and I've recently been getting back into. I think we talked about Hollow Live for a while here on the show, where there's the two. Uh, God, what's it called? There's the two VTubers that, uh, known as Okayu and Corona. Cor- Cor- yeah, one of those names, Corona or something like that. It's not Corona, but you get the idea. 
and and I mean, like I I have them as like li- little rogues and like fighters and stuff like that. And then I have my two heavy hitting boys with the big toys, known as Wa, the half orc punch wizard, who has who right now I have unequipped all of his weapons, put every single skill point into fucking uh into what uh, transmutation spells in order to make him a big boy. I also put two levels of no sorry three levels of barbarian onto that man gave him a gave him a pet boar and now he is able to punch people very hard my second one known as daka is a ranger he shoots real fast real good and he too has a boar and they punch people (laughs) one of them shoots people and the other th- uh, the other four just basically go up to someone's like yeah you're about to have a bad time i'm going to stab you the cat is going to stab you the dog is going to take away your fingers the rabbit's going to the rabbit's going to kick you with her anime high kicks and very thick thighs and then of course wa is going to use his magical spell powers of fist to punch you I don't think you understand. I put every feat imaginable onto a wizard, and I just said, I want to punch people really good while casting spells. I'm not going to cast any spells, but I'm going to say that I did. So right now, I am Punch Wizard. My next playthrough will literally be nothing but rangers specialized in punching people with their woolly mammoths running around a goddamn dungeon... So now there are eight party members going around a dungeon punching gnome, <laughs> punching gnomes, kobold spiders, and elementals to death, and nothing can stop me. The other games that I actually did decide to actually, uh, to actually pay, uh, pick up again would probably have to be Terraria. Those of you that don't know, Terraria has basically had its one big, humongous final update, added in a bestiary, added in all of these extra weapons and all this other biomes and stuff like that, and I'm not going to lie, it's super fun to go through. Think of it like 2D Minecraft, except this one is much more superior in my opinion, because you, uh, instead of just saying, well, I want to go fight the Ender Dragon, well, no, son, you've got to go and do all of this other stuff, where you can speed run all the way to the Ender Dragon, Terraria wants you to experience the entire world by itself, by telling you, hey, if you want to get these really cool special weapons, first, you got to get the shopkeeps, secondly, you got to go out and get the materials, thirdly, you got to go and fight the bosses, and fourthly, you got to get ready for the inevitable Blood Moon, or the Goblin Army, and uh-huh. my God, it's it's a lot of fun. I played it with a couple buddies of mine, and we just had a fucking blast. We found this giant ass cavern, like a giant ass uh, cave system that we all just kind of like started going on through. Um, I will say this: I don't know if any of them will ever listen to my podcast whatsoever. Fuck you for letting me fall to my death because you wanted to give me a goddamn like grapple hook or whatever it was. <laughs> I don't remember what he wanted to give me, but I'm like, oh yeah, I want that. Whoop. And I just hear his fucking <laughs> loud laugh on the other side of the microphone. I'm like, I, I want to be angry, but I knew it was my fault. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, oh God, it's so much fun to play these sorts of games with, with, with friends and all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I tried picking up divinity original sin too, but like, Part of me was saying to myself, I already beat the game and I already have a bunch of these mods, but like playing with mods for some reason just takes the experience right out of me. Well, do you have any other isometric RPGs that could be playing through right now? Uh, Pillars of Eternity right now, but right now I want to start focusing in on a, on another game that, I w- that I've that i been playing a lot and you probably have seen me on Steam a lot with this game. Uh, Vindictus has recently come out with a new character. God damn it. What? What? <laughs> Nothing. What do you want from me? <laughs> Nothing. I'm sorry. I want my thick anime waifus. Okay? <laughs> but the new character that got released is a character known as Lethor. I've been waiting for this character ever since it got uh, ever since it got previewed in January, I believe. And I've been waiting and looking at all of these different gameplay aspects. And she looked like a ton of fucking bun, uh, fun on a goddamn bun. Lethor, imagine her as Chun-Li, except, you know, not the 2D aspect that is also 3D. Don't worry about it, Street Fighter. But it's super fucking fun. If you decide to pick up Vindictus at all, and if you have some sort of like Dark Souls experience, 
she's very counter heavy where like, yeah, it's really cool that you're punching and kicking people really hard, but the damage that really comes out of that is going to be from not only your skills, but also the fact that you can actually counter. And so getting those, you know, parrying is very key when it comes down to characters like this. The character that I'm, that I'm in right now is very attack heavy, but if you time those attacks, you can basically stop any damage that's about to hit you right in the face from that character. And that way, three different, uh, like, ping, ping, pong, I'm going to be dealing a massive amount of damage back to you. That is also crit damage. It's a hell of a lot of fun to play a lot of these characters. And golly mighty, every single time I get back into Vindictus, it's just... The characters make me feel good things. Every character that I have played with has just kind of blown me away almost. They're all different. They're all unique. And it's it's a lot of fucking fun to just all of a sudden pick up a character and just realize that there is a lot of shit that you did not know about this character. And then, of course, you got to get into the sub-weapons for each one. There's a wizard archetype that you could be playing. I think her name is Evie. You could be playing Evie one day as a spellcaster, and then the second day, you just want to say, I want to try out the scythe on this character, and realize that, holy shit, she is basically doing nothing personal, kid, teleporting behind you and all that shit, and then just immediately like snapping your fingers, killing you instantly. Oh, God, it's so much fucking fun. There's the umbrella one, where it's like a Chinese umbrella, where she's like kicking, she's dodging, and all this sort of stuff, and... Uh, <laughs> Did I mention that Vindictus is really fun? Yes. Oh, God, it's really fun. All right, then. With that, let's go ahead and get into the gaming news. Gaming news. To start off with, Warhammer Vermintide 2 has reached 5 million players. Good. That is extremely good, actually, uh, especially for a game that I, I've never really touched either, actually. So Vermintide 2, I'm going to basically say it as it is right now. It is basically Left for Dead set in the uh, set, set in the fantasy universe. Yeah. Now, it's not in the New Age of Sigmar stuff, because trust me, if it was, there would be a little bit more... I, there, there'd be a little bit more talk about it because it's it's a new and unique thing, but that that's that's just my opinion, and I'm not going to try and fucking unwrap that entire thing like Fantasy versus Age of Sigmar. But it's a hell of a lot of fun. It's also canon. Is it? It is actually canon in the fantasy universe. So it is set in a town that is basically during the end times. And what these characters are attempting to do is that they're attempting to stave off the Skaven and Chaos invasions that are coming in from, I think it's set in the east of the Empire. And if you've played Total War Warhammer 2, you'll notice that there is a certain tavern that you can build. And I think uh, Isenkarn, I think that's what... I, it's, it's a fort town to the east where all of a sudden you'll get like four different heroes that'll pop up. It's a fire wizard, a wayfinder, a witch hunter, and a captain of the, of, of the Empire. Those characters actually do exist. Uh, well, kind of existing in the in, in in the canon almost, and that's basically all they do. They go around, they do sabotage missions. The first thing that you do in Vermintide Two is escape a Skaven slave mine, and you're you're trying your be you're trying your damnedest to get out of there. That's when you also realize that oh god, these Skaven are now allying themselves with all of these big badass boys that are fucking terrifying to fight yeah because chaos warriors imagine them as basically space marines they're hard as hell to kill they're also imposing as shit if you look up any of the old warhammer on uh, warhammer fantasy online trailers you'll notice that the chaos warriors are massive they are also innumerable these are the main fighting force of chaos and you are just random mook number one and it's super fucking fun to just kind of go through and so in vermintide 2 you can play as a dwarf you can play as an elven ranger you can play as a captain uh, uh as basically a general captain you can play as a witch hunter and you can play as a fire wizard each and every one of them does have their own different little fucking things that's going on with them 
But that's that's beside the point. But yeah, if you ever get the chance to, Vermintide 2 is in fact worth it, including all of the DLCs, because you get some hilarious interactions when you start getting into the Tavern DLC, because then that's when they get all drunk. Okay, okay. So one of the my my favorite always has to be the witch hunter. It's like I, you know, I never wanted. To, I mean, I uh, being a witch hunter wasn't my first job choice. When I was a child, when I was a small boy, I wanted to be a steam engine driver, and toot the little horn, a toot toot, <laughs> a toot toot. <laughs> and so they all get drunk. The dwarf gets drunk. Kind of. <laughs> everyone else gets drunk. The dwarf calls the elf a lightweight. <laughs> calls everyone else a lightweight. You know he's trashed. He doesn't think he's trashed. Everyone else knows he's trashed. And so you are pub crawling while very trashed and killing things very hard. <laughs> it's super fun. I recommend Vermintide 2. Okay. Uh, in fact, I can actually get it for fourteen ninety nine on the PlayStation Four right now. Mm-hmm. So if it's, I can if I can get myself to play a first person game on the console again, not a bad idea for me at least. Oh yeah. Up next in the news, Nintendo source code leak releases tons of behind the scenes data. Ooh. So. This is reported from Tech Raptor, and this says Giga Leak features ROM, canceled projects, and more. A source, uh, a Nintendo source code leak has popped up online, releasing behind-the-scenes files for classic Nintendo games and consoles. And as far as we can tell, this Nintendo Giga Leak represents one of the biggest data breaches in recent Nintendo history. Ooh. So, what's in the Nintendo source code leak? Here's a list that they brought to us. Uh, apparently, this is also shared on the Reset Era and 4chan <laughs> sites as well. Oh, boy. So, yeah. Uh, so, full development uh, repository for Insada Official DS, uh, sorry, DS Emulator. Uh, full development repository for Pokemon Diamond and Pearl. <gasps> full personal development repository by a Diamond and Pearl dev. Full development repository for Netcard. That's a uh, canceled Game Boy Advance peripheral. Full development history repository for Game Boy Advance BIOS. Full development repository for Game Boy Color Boot ROM. Full master ROM database for Famicom and NES, including uh, ROM. Uh, master ROM of, maybe source code, Super Mario RPG. Ooh. Full development repository, we shop channel server-side source code, uh, wallpaper, password maker source code, random test program source code, many tape backups, several Super Mario World 2 prototypes, and the source code to the following. Star Fox. Star Fox 2. The Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening DX. Hmm. Wild Tracks. Yoshi's Island, mm. Mario Kart, F-Zero, A Link to the Past, Super Mario All-Stars, uh, and the Wii Virtual Console Game Boy emulator. So, it sounds like Nintendo has finally listened. Not only are they bringing out the Game Boys and the Funcoms, <laughs> but they're bringing out my favorite Pokemon generation, Diamond and Pearl. You don't understand. Diamond was the shit back in the day. Well, we don't know. I mean, this is this is a uh, a huge breach in Nintendo's stuff, so uh, I don't know what this is fully going to mean for what's going to happen right now. If it turns out that they're going to be releasing Diamond and Pearl on the Nintendo Switch, I'm getting my Switch out from a box, and I'm going to plug it in, and I'm going to wait and wait and wait for each and every Nintendo Direct until they finally say, hey, guys, guess what we're releasing? More Pokemon. Like, yeah. There's a little bit more to get to here, though. Yeah. Uh, this also says we almost got a Pokemon MMO. The above list doesn't appear at all uh, to be all-inclusive, as it's missing one item in particular interest, the Pokemon MMO. Fans have asked for a Pokemon MMO ever since the internet achieved broad penetration, and it looks like a company called IQ stepped up in to try to get this this made. Uh, let's see here. The game would have been based off the world of red, uh, sorry, Fire Red and Leaf Green. Ooh. Yep. 
and offline mode would give access to around 30 Pokemon. Uh, what does this mean for what does this leak mean for gaming? What does this Nintendo source code leak mean for the gaming world? Some things aren't going to change, but there is a ton of potential for something interesting to happen. Let's start with the ROMs. Pretty much every single video game of note, uh, Nintendo games included, have ROMs playable on emulators for decades. There may be a handful of games that were never ported, but this portion of the source code leak probably doesn't have much new stuff overall. The source code leaks will be interesting to analyze on a technical level, though. They may also be lead to a new wave of ROM hacks or other transformative works. In fact, at least one prototype has been compiled into a playable state. Most importantly, preservationists will be able to use these leaks to ensure that data such as this will never be easily lost. While Nintendo isn't going anywhere anytime soon, many gaming companies have lost source code repositories or backups over the years, dooming some of the earliest parts of gaming history to obscurity. This reported leak ensures the preservation of Nintendo's earliest video game works for generations to come. Lest we forget, these various files were probably not released in the wild by Nintendo themselves, and there's a high chance there will be Ill there were illegal activities in them being obtained at some point in the process. Mm. It's worth n trying to grab them as an average gamer either. Uh, sorry, it's not worth trying to grab them as an average gamer either. Several people are reporting that not everything within it is a in a playable state. While the news is certainly exciting, you shouldn't try to download it yourself. No, of course not. Yeah. Because you don't know what the fuck is going to happen. Let's yeah. just put it at that. Yeah. But it's just, oh God, I really fucking hope that one day Nintendo does re-release Pokemon Diamond and Pearl. That yeah. was my childhood. I fucking love every single part of Diamond and Pearl. I'm excited. Maybe. 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 Coming up next, we have... Uh, so with Cyberpunk 2077, the main quest is not necessary to beat the game. Ooh. Yeah. That's actually kind of nice. Uh, sea of Thieves passes 15 million players, 1 million copies sold on Steam. Which is, you know, not really... <sighs> with the popularity of Sea of Thieves, and how many people just enjoy playing in it, I honestly am not that surprised. Me neither. Like, it, it was bound to happen with this one. Yeah. It, it's a good game. And the last one I have, Rocket League is going to be free-to-play starting in summer of 2020. Hey! As to when exactly, we don't quite know. Mm. But uh, when this becomes free-to-play after its five-year history... Well, uh, there's going to be some bonus stuff being handed out to people that paid for this game. So keep your eyes peeled on what's going to be happening with this game once that happens. Mm -hmm. So was there anything you had for news, Dev? So there is going to be one little bit of news that will lead into the main topic. Um, so as you know, I have been splurging about 9th edition Warhammer 40k since goddamn ever ago. I've talked about the I've talked about the rule hints and rule rumors and all that sort of stuff. And now finally we get an app for Warhammer 40K in order for us to, you know, read the new rules, to uh, get the data sheets and have our own army builder even though we already have army builders. And lo and behold, it's shit. It is utter shit. There um, so in let, let let let's say this. Battlescribe exists for a reason, because people want an easy way in order to build their lists. That's the only reason why people actually buy uh, fucking, well, buy, but that's literally the only reason why people really like getting all of these apps, like Battlescribe, Army Builder, uh, the Azure lists, it's, it's, it's easy, it's productive, and you don't have to go through all this bullshit in order to actually fucking, you know, build a list. The Warhammer 40k app released and most of the features are, you know, not exactly there. For instance, the list building aspect of the of the uh, uh, of the app. Not there. It's coming soon, it says, but it's not there. The data slates 
the data sheets for each and every one of the factions is riddled with different little typos uh, or they're just, you know, incorrect in order for you to really understand what exactly any of these data sheets mean. Uh, you're going to have to like go back away from the data sheets, back up again away from the list of data sheets, go into your army abilities modifier, and then scroll down. Oh, did you lose your place while trying to look for your army? Well, you're going to have to scroll through an entire list uh. of other supplements and other armies that you don't play in order to get to it. There's no bookmarking system. There's no easy way of searching the things that you really want, and it is just not very good right now. I, and uh, if you look on the App Store... By the way, it is only released on the Android system, so Google Play, not on iOS. Seriously? Yeah. Uh, you'll notice it has a half star. People hate it that much. There are nearly 2,000 reviews last time that I looked just saying to GW, you fucked up. Why did you release this right now? Especially with the fact that there are no new codexes coming out. And the codexes that are coming out are going to have codes in order for us to basically say, oh, well, I can just put it into my fucking app and not have to worry about it. But no, you have to be a subscriber in order to use that, uh, in order to use that apparently, which uh, many people are starting to get kind of pissed off at. <laughs> it's just, oh, God damn it. But yeah. That's uh that's 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 my little news tidbit when it comes down to the news of gaming. All right then, let's go ahead and get into the topic of the week. Topic of the week. All right. So, finally, 9th edition Warhammer 40K has come out. I have spent amounts of money on the box set, plus the two rule books, plus a journal that lets me write down everything that I need to write down for the game. You don't need to know how much I spent, but it rhymes with fumdrid. <laughs> Plural. Does it rhyme with three fumdrid? Shut up. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> but goddamn, it is such a fucking cool box. It's the Indominus box, and it comes with a bunch of really cool looking models. And it comes with new rules for each of these models. And it's just, it's it's a fuck ton of cool things that have come into that damn box. Especially with a sick ass looking rule book. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. It is really cool. But you're not here just to hear about the Indominus box set. You're here to, you're here to, to learn more about what this new edition is bringing to the table. So, new edition is super fucking fun. It, it introduces a lot more rules into the game where it's like, okay, this makes a lot more sense than just saying like, oh, well, I'm getting, I'm kind of crouching behind cover right now and people that shoot at me are now going to, uh, I, I get a extra thing to my armor saves and all that sort of stuff. That's, that's, that's kind of cool. But no, in this one, it's like there's different terrain if you're on top of the terrain and there is obviously nothing like blocking your way. You're, you're still going to get shot at pretty hard as well as a bunch of other stuff that are coming out here. Um, but while 9th edition really brings out all the cool stuff that's coming out, it's also been hit with a little bit of, you know, controversy. For instance, a lot of the units that everyone likes playing around with are getting points increases. Some of these points increases aren't really, you know, it's fine. Like, they probably needed that they probably didn't. The other ones are like, okay, yeah, no, these people really needed it to, okay, I guess I can't play this army anymore in these tournaments. This is fun for me. And the reason that they're doing this is so that way they can start dialing down games, and that is kind of, kind of a, hmm, a little bit of a punch in the gut for me. But the main reason why I wanted to talk about 9th edition is something that is known as the Crusader edition, uh, the Crusader rule system. So where open play, which is basically allows you to bring in as much shit as you want, you and your opponent can just bring in as much shit as you want, and just fucking have a goddamn ton of fun. Just getting used to the rules, getting used to all the like army-wide rules, the unit rules, and all that sort of stuff. 
And then, of course, there's the match play where it's using the point system and it's more competitive-based. Narrative missions have a new rule system added onto them that is known as the Crusader rule system. What this is is that it's actually supposed to give your army a narrative. Where in other systems, you kind of have to make up your own little thing and like say, oh, well, I mean, if you want to play with these little homebrew rules that I have for my models, you'd usually get cut off with, no, I'd rather play matched play because we don't know how to balance out all of this stuff. The in, in the chapter approved, which is basically the big update for the game without releasing a new edition, basically gave you a way of saying, hey, yeah, you can make your own characters and all that sort of stuff. Like, that's really fucking cool, right, guys? And then they looked over at the at the narrative things, and it's like, okay, I'd rather not play with this because this makes a lot of characters really overpowered, and I don't want to do that. I'm like, oh, but don't you guys like having this? No, make a better rule system, and then we will. And lo and behold, Games Workshop said, all right, you fuckers didn't want to play with the old rule system. Here's a new rule system. And so the new Crusader system will allow you to basically make a narrative for your army. While still playing within the confines of the rules, you are able to get... Basically, imagine it as playing an RPG. Okay. So you're, you're, you're running around with your Crusading Force. That starts off at 50 power level. Power level is basically how powerful your army is. And so 50 power level is a pretty you know, substantial little th- little force. Like, it's in the old rule system, I, get, I don't know, it'd be a thousand points or something like that. But the reason why people are really excited for the new Crusader system is because it is customization. Customization, forging actual stories for your characters and even units and just having a ton of fun. The way this works is that you build up your Crusader army using these specified rules in the Crusader rules, and then you just go out with your friends and just play some games. If you win some of the games, you get extra experience. If you lose some of the games, well, depending on the sub-objectives that you picked, you'll be able to gain more experience. And, you know, using experience will mean that you're, you're, you're getting more rules for your dudes, right? And there... There has actually been a Warhammer community kind of series, I guess you would call it, where it would actually talk about, you know, an army going through the Crusader system and showing off all the new rules and all that stuff. And it was it was really interesting to kind of read about, you know. It's okay. Let, let, let me give you a little bit of a back, a uh, l- little bit of a background when it comes down to what I'm talking about right now. So that way I can get my thoughts all together again. Yeah. So in the Warhammer community page, they're following around a sister of battle group. And the the sisters of battle, zealous fanatics of nothing but women. All right, you already got me there at zealous mainly. And basically all they're doing is that they're going around finding as many enemies as they can to kill in order to bring honor and glory to the Emperor and the Imperium as a whole. And so you can create your own little personal goals for these Crusader armies to actually, you know, go through. And the way that each one of these works is just so much fucking fun. Because the first game that the sisters play, they lost. Like... The, the 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 main sister, the canonist, the leader of the group, basically got her head caved in almost. And she had to be taken off the battlefield in order to recover from her injuries. And I think she has uh, a lost limb that she got a prosthetic for. Wow, okay. And that's kind of cool. And the way that they the way that they showed that is that after every after every battle, you roll for each unit that was completely destroyed. On a one, no one from the original unit is is alive and those that are have suffered like battle scars or something like that. Now that ranges from, well, this unit is basically nothing but walking wounded. So now they still have prosthetics and all that sort of stuff to, they dishonored themselves in combat. So now they will never be able to benefit from other people's rule systems until they finally regain their honor through, you know, penance in this case. Um, the, uh, and, and, and it's just so fucking cool because they went out to go and defend 
a shrine world, or more specifically, a relic from the Agents of Chaos. And they did so with gusto. There was a, uh, there, there, there was a uh, fucking what's it? Not an exorcist, a mortifier, or not a mortifier, a penitent engine. A penitent engine is basically you strap a repentant person to this gigantic mech and just say, "All right, go kill people now." And that, and lo and behold, it kills people very good and very fast. It kills very fast and very hard. And because they successfully defi- uh, defended the shrine, the canonist was able to get uh, get a hold of a relic. And because she got a hold of that relic, her prestige has increased, basically. So her level has increased. And golly mighty, it's just so much fun to just sit down, play these games, and then come up with your own narrative for these games. And I think that's really what 40K really needed. So I wonder how how it took so long to get that kind of feature then. Well, the reason why it took so long is because Games Workshop, when it came down to campaigns, they basically made it a blank slate where it was up to the person who was running the campaigns in order to do this. Now, when it comes down to campaigns, people tend to uh, not really want to play them because it takes, you have to start getting a schedule together. You'll never be able to get like, you'll never be able to get certain people actually out and about in order to play these games. And then you also have to have an ending to this. And then you also, you kind of get the idea, but with the new crusader system, if you find out that someone else has a Crusader army, you can just tell them, hey, do you want to play a game? I have a Crusader army. You have a Crusader army. Let's fucking play. And it is a hell of a lot of fun. And and don't think that because, oh, this is a veteran Crusader army. Like, oh, man, I, I shouldn't be playing against this thing. I don't, I don't want to play against it. Worry not, young friend. There are benefits to playing against a higher tier Crusader army by giving you extra command points. If you if you played Eighth Edition, you know what that is. But for those of you that don't play it, it's basically a resource that allows you to do extra things on the battlefield. And I've already talked to a couple guys from my game store, and they said, "Yeah, when we when when all of this is finally blown over, we're gonna be playing." crusader games and we're just gonna have a ton of fun i've i've already i've already convinced one guy after saying like oh my god this fucking crusader system is remarkable do you just want to fucking do this and he said fuck it yeah i'll go home and we'll, we'll uh, i'll figure out what armies i want to play and we'll we'll deal with that and it's it's remarkable it's fun every Great. single time i look at the crusader system it's like this is actually what i wanted it's always been competitive game, competitive game. I want to try out a tournament list I've been wanting to try out for a while. And it's like, that's really fun, but I kind of want to just play a game about my dudes. Your dudeism is basically, these are your dudes. You have a backstory. They may look like everyone else, but they're your dudes. Like, that guy may have gotten his arm cut off, but then you replaced it with a prosthetic. That's kind of cool. Yeah, it is. I mean, fuck, Games Workshop used to have that sort of mentality back in the olden days with an old campaign system where it was following this it was following this captain on his way to basically, you know, bringing honor and glories to his chapter. I know I used that already, but still. But he got his ass crumped so hard, but he also died really fucking cool, like holding the line hardcore. And so instead of just killing them off outright, the guys just said, let's just put him in a dreadnought. Like, let's let's just revive him and put him in this badass mech that punches people really good. And goddamn, it worked. And I think in the Crusader system, this is going to work. Because each codex is going to be introducing its own, like, faction-specific crusader rule system like specific rewards specific downfalls like specific agendas in order to get more experience specific missions it's just i honestly think that this is what 40k really needed they needed to get away from the competitive aspect and give players an alternative to the competitive aspect and now it's playing out more like an rpg and i think that that's really fucking cool that's that's pretty badass. Oh, it is badass. I like this. Yeah. So I got I got my uh 
I got my Daughters of the Desert Rose already and raring to go. I'm just look. I'm waiting until finally all of this blows over and the game and and my game shop just basically says, "All right, we're open. Come on in, guys. Fucking play your games." And I'm gonna say, "Yes, sir." I'm gonna come on in, and I'm gonna stay there all night, and I'm gonna play my games. Yeah. Well, we've got about 15 minutes left here to make it an, an hour stretch. Uh, do you want to talk about the Xbox reveals that have been going on? Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Okay. It's a new generation of consoles. I'm ex- I guess Sony has spoiled me with how beautiful the games that are coming out are right now. Like Dark Souls, that cinematic trailer looks fucking phenomenal. Oh, you mean Demon Souls? Yeah, sorry, Demon yeah, Souls. Yeah. My bad. It like that looks phenomenal. I've seen some gameplay stuff. Like again, Sackboy looks fucking good. As soon as I saw the very first trailer, which was the Spider-Man reveal trailer, okay, I guess I'm purchasing a PlayStation Five then. Yeah, it's the All same right. thing for me. Like, and as soon as the Demon Souls trailer re- revealed itself, yeah. Okay, yeah, I, I guess I'll, I'll buy it. All yeah. right, cool. And, and, and I'm, I'm going to say this right now. If it turns out my computer can't run Cyberpunk 20, uh, 2077... Which I'm, I'm pretty sure it can. It probably can, easy peasy. But I'm I'm honestly just going to say, you know what? I'm just going to pick up a PS5. There's going to be a ton of games that are going to come out on it. And I'm just going to play the ever-loving hell out of it. And I'm going to have a lot of fun with it. Yeah. Do you think there's anything that would persuade you to maybe purchase the new Xbox unit? No. I have had way too many bad experiences when it comes down to the Xbox. First off, Red Ring of Death. Fuck that. What? A, I, yeah, I remember that. God, like how long ago was that? That was back in 2005 when the, when the system first fucking released. Mm-hmm. And I remember back in 2007 when I had friends who had the same fucking Red Ring of Death thing happen to them too. And there's nothing you can do about it. Yeah. There was there was one fix that people had where you wrap it in a towel for a little while. Do you remember that fix? I don't specifically remember it. This was not an official Microsoft release of like what to do, but it was something that certain people tried and figured that, okay, yeah, this worked. Uh, here, here's what I did. And other people tried it. Some were lucky. Some were not. But... Fuck me, man. I remember seeing this hardware and thinking, oh my god, it's able to play Oblivion. Oblivion looks like this. This is amazing. Oh, uh, my system's feeling on me. Oh, oh boy. <laughs> oh god. Like It feels like the, the generation of the GameCube, the PlayStation 2, and the Xbox, that feels like it was the last truly great console generation. Whereas I was able to or I, I felt safe to get the hardware, mm-hmm. and I felt like it was able to really last on me. And then it just felt like things were falling off the, the wagon on the generation after. So, yeah, I understand you feeling burned from, from Microsoft. From my end, Halo belongs on PC. Halo should have stayed on PC for the longest of time. But I know why they brought... Oh, I, I, I understand why... They wanted to put it on the Xbox. They wanted to have an exclusive. They knew that they had they they had gold on their hands. No, not even gold, diamonds. Like this is just pure fucking diamond right here. And so they were gonna make it last as long as humanly possible. It was their killer app, and it fucking won. It won hardcore. Like Killzone, uh, fucking what was the other one? The the B one, the one where that you get hyped on. I don't know. Well, did you know that Halo was originally supposed to be a real time strategy game? Yes. Yeah. So I, like I heard a few about that. So yeah. Yeah. So like Halo Wars was sort of a full circle back to where it was supposed to be, mm-hmm. but yeah. So the the first Halo game came out on PC. Halo 2 eventually came out on PC after it was released for the Xbox. Halo 3, no, you got that for the 360 and that's it. Mm-hmm. So for me, when the Master Chief Collection came out, I was I was like, holy shit. Okay, I can I can finally play these games on my PC again. And just recently, Halo 3 was put onto the Master Chief Collection for the PC. Mm-hmm. So now I'm able to relive this game in a way that I think it needs to be relived in. And as soon as uh, Halo 4 comes out for it, great. I'll be spending my time with that as well. But with Halo Infinite, 
Uh, I don't think they've released Halo 5 for the PC, and I, I don't think they plan to, but at least Halo Infinite, I know that is officially going to be releasing for PC. As long as that's happening, why do I need to play it on an Xbox mm-hmm, if yeah. I've got a PC, PC that's able to run it? Because yeah. right now, Infinite is getting blasted. It is hard. It is yeah. getting blasted hard. Like this, These are not graphics that you should be proud of to have on a next-gen console. Halo Breath of the Wild. Halo Breath of the Wild, indeed. Boy, howdy. Is this uh, not exactly the greatest thing I have seen in a very long time? Where I'm sure that the gameplay is going to be fun as hell, but yeah. looking at these really like clay-looking graphics, it's just so They do look clay-looking. And then seeing the explosions from the from the grenades... Mm. I, 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 it's, I was stopped for a second as soon as I first saw that. And the grappling. Do you remember how excited I was when I found out that you were able to use grapple in Doom Eternal? Mm-hmm. Like when the when the demo came, when the demo was being showed off back in 2018, and I was I was yelling, "You can grapple demons!" And I got to first try that when Doom Eternal came out. And that felt amazing. Mm-hmm. It, this doesn't look fun in Halo Infinite. No, of course it doesn't because it's supposed to be the new gimmick. Like, I guarantee you Master Chief won't be able to do any of the other stuff that the other characters are able to do. It's it's just another way for people to get hyped up for no goddamn reason. Yeah. It's going to be the same goddamn Halo game. It's going to be the same fucking premise. It's going to be the Covenant that are going to say, oh, Well, I man. think it's supposed to be open world, though. Okay, sure. I guess. Yeah, I'm not gonna buy it. <laughs> like, I'm I'm just gonna be honest with you. Halo in open world might sound good on paper, but when it gets implemented, I guarantee you, people are gonna say this is not very fun or good. Well, I never saw you as a Halo guy either. No, I never was. Yeah. I just couldn't get into it. It just felt stupid. I don't know why. <laughs> The fan base can be a huge turnoff. Oh, God, the fan base is a bunch of autistic boys and, like, boys and toys. Okay, here's the thing. Well, oh. not just not not just that, but, like, chads. Oh, God. Chads. It's, it's, not even, it's, it's not even the chads and stuff like that. You see, I remember someone back in college when I used to go to, uh, when I still used to go to Tempest. This was going to be years ago. Where all of a sudden I would hear, I I I would hear this kid actually talk about like, oh well, Master Chief be able to kill that like hardcore and just like I I didn't really care all that much. I just said I'm very happy for Master Chief. He's not in 40k though. Like this is this is gonna be like two completely different games. Like, but if he was, he'd crush all the. I no. no. Master Chief is not that powerful. He's 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 not very strong and all that stuff and I, I I I knew he was trying to bait in that sort of like stupid like my my dad can beat up your dad sort of argument. My game character can beat up your game character. Yeah, and it like at at the end of the day, I just kind of looked at him and I'm like, this sells a lot better than Halo. Like I'm pretty sure Games Workshop right now can buy Microsoft almost well Microsoft Entertainment I guess. Yeah, pretty easy peasy like. You know, and as much as I used to have fun with Call of Duty before the days of when it, before the dark days of Call of Duty, I, I remember when Halo 4 first came out and I bought it for the release night and I noticed, hey, there's a lot of dipshits that are on live right now that I'm playing against. And then the new Call of Duty comes out and a massive wave of people just disappears. All the, all the dipshits left. And so now it's like, okay, cool. The, the the Halo fans get to enjoy their game now. Yeah. The dipshits went back into their Call of Duty. Mm-hmm. And it's it's just, I don't know. Every single time that I try to get into like any sort of one of these games, I always just have a bad, bad experience with the fan base. Like It's like, I don't really care what the new campaign is. I don't really care about the multiplayer. I, I just... I think I pissed off someone by saying, I don't really care about Call of Duty, dude. Yeah. It's like, but it's like the best shoot. No, 
No, no, no, no. Other people can enjoy other things. Please stop. <laughs> I feel more at home when I'm playing either Call of Duty or Halo. If we're talking about those two games, I feel more at home when I'm playing those games with dorks. Yeah. Dorks. People who care about things like system hardware and and use computers as a hobby. Dorks. Not the 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 normies that like don't find anything else obscure to play like i I, they were they're okay in the realm of the the doom games the early doom games you you had people that would run mods on the doom games and play multiplayer so mods as in like it would have south park character uh lines that would play when you were doing the multiplayer Mm -hmm. like that's cool as shit and these people were doing these land parties together. I think I think some of them did this at like Rockwell or something. Mm-hmm. And um, those are my kind of people. Yeah, those are like <laughs> in, in the realm of, of multiplayer gaming. Like those are my kind of fucking people. And like like that's something that I would see you being able to uh, to have fun with as well, Stev. Mm-hmm. Just I don't know. Every single time that I try to get in any sort of first-person shooter, it just turns into, oh, boy, these are the people that I now have to hang out with if I want to play multiplayer. And then you become hungry for something else. Yeah, and then I, like, go back over to, like, another fucking game. Like, League of Legends will always be my fallback in case I don't want to deal with other people on other multiplayer games. Yeah. Because at least when it comes down to those multiplayer games, like, when it comes down to League, I have the option of either just making them feel bad by just playing better than them or just just easily just muting them and I just get to do whatever the hell I want to. So if I want to play it like this girl and have her be beefy as shit with a gun, I can do that. If I want to play a scarecrow that for some reason can just suck people off hardcore, I can do that. <laughs> but like every single time... It's it, God. I don't know why, but I think we'll get into this like on a different topic. It's just that when it comes down to very big mainstream games, I no longer have fun. But when I play like a lot of these other like I wouldn't call them independent games, but like smaller company games, I have a lot more fun. For instance, Holdfast. Holdfast multiplayer and Mountain Blade multiplayer are basically the same thing, except Holdfast has a voice activation system. So while you can literally see this weird ass purple man running around with a giant mustache beating people up hardcore <laughs> and like the, everyone else dog piles on on everyone else in hold fast it's the same thing except someone is blasting an ear rape version of Ram Ranch hardcore over the mic as some kids keep screaming about does anyone want to join my Minecraft server? <laughs> <laughs> or if I play on if I if if I play on the on on the high seas, where else will I be able to hear rural Britannia being blasted, <laughs> full blast from a guy that's on a goddamn rowboat? <laughs> like, what are you gonna do? He's on a rowboat. He has a pistol. He's playing rural Britannia right over the speakers. Nothing. <laughs> you fool. <laughs> fool. <laughs> All right. And every single time he dies, you play like in every single time the Germans win, you just hear Erica on full blast. <laughs> <sighs> well, I think that's going to do it for this episode then. Now, uh, I do want to give a special thanks here. Uh, Weirdo has been sharing these news articles with me. Mm-hmm. And uh, thank you, buddy, for doing that. We always we always appreciate that because yes. sometimes it's hard for me to be able to find good news out there. But he's been alert and attentive and always uh, happy to post shit into the discord so if you want to try and attempt to be as cool as weirdo uh, we have a patreon for five dollars per month to get access into the discord server that we run and uh, once you're in get to chat and hang out with us and also be able to listen in as we record the episodes and uh, also we have uh, Hitmonkey, who is also one of our uh, bigger supporters as well, and Rajon. Uh, we've been having lots of cool conversations with these dudes. So, mm-hmm. guys, thank you so much for supporting. And uh, I also have some upcoming stuff here where I have been doing uh, interviews. I've been guesting on podcasts. 
And so I will be posting those on the Arrogant Media Facebook page. So be on the lookout for that as well. And as soon as the episodes come out, I, I do want to be able to at least give a bit of a shout out to those uh, on these uh, these programs here. So uh, it helps to gain some exposure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And thank you guys. Until next time, fall damage. forget to subscribe to Madcast shows on iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast app. Okay, bye. Madcast Media Network.